reading today is from John chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. And that can be found on page 1089 in the Church Bibles. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now, Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. There are two chocolate eggs on here. <laughs> I'm trying to keep them from falling. And I will eat them, just not while I'm speaking. So how would Mary have felt on that first day of the week whilst it was still dark? Jesus, her friend and her Lord, was dead. He who had brought her life and hope. He who had released her from the chains that had bound her to the darkness. He, he whom she had dedicated her life to following and serving was dead. She had seen it with her own eyes. It was gruesome. It was crushing. And she was heartbroken. Why was she even at the tomb that morning? What good would it do? Was she there to bring more spices, to weep over his body? Or was she there simply because there was nowhere else for her to be and nothing else for her to do? Because nothing else mattered or would ever matter again. Mary would have felt bewildered 
and empty, physically sick even. And when she arrives at the tomb, insult upon insult, chaos upon chaos, Jesus' body isn't even there. It must have seemed like a really cruel trick. She couldn't have imagined that it was going to get any worse than it already was. But it did. Not only is Jesus dead, but she no longer even has his dead body to weep over. Desperate, she cries out, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. At least there were a couple of others who found themselves on the way to the tomb too. She wasn't alone in her grief and her shock. The other disciples on hearing her cry ran to the tomb and went inside. How must they have felt? Perhaps they thought that in that moment they would see something that Mary hadn't seen. Maybe they could make sense of it all. But as we read on, we see that even though the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, did see and believe, he still did not fully understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And so, no doubt, dejected, and downcast, they returned to where they were staying. But Mary stayed. She stayed outside of the tomb, weeping. Remember, she had nowhere else to go. As she peers into the tomb, she sees two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body would have been. They ask her, woman, why are you crying? which again must have seemed completely ridiculous to Mary. But she's beyond indignation. She's beyond rage and she's beyond hysteria. She is empty and resigned. She doesn't even ask them for help. She simply says, they have taken my Lord away and I don't know where they have put him. Then... Having spoken to the angels, she turns around, still no wiser, and encounters the risen Jesus. But she doesn't know it yet. He asks, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Doesn't anybody realize the seriousness of what she's experiencing right now? Surely they must have known why she was there and why she was crying. Or was she going mad? The man looked like a gardener. Maybe he had moved the body. It couldn't get any stranger. So she says, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Now, would Mary have considered the Garden of Eden in that moment? Would Mary have thought about Adam, the gardener, or the first man and woman in the garden from the book of Genesis? I think it's unlikely that that came into her mind. But details like these give us, the reader, clues. Clues that point to the risen Jesus as a new creation, a fresh start for relationships 
and for life. That was planned and intended from the very beginning of time. Jesus turns towards her. Mary. She hears Jesus call her name and immediately she recognizes him and cries in delight, Rabboni. Mary Magdalene is now no longer a woman mourning the death of her Lord and her friend. She is the first apostle. She is the first person to see the risen Jesus. She is the one to tell all the other disciples the good news. And not only is she the first to see and declare that the tomb was empty, she was the first to see, meet with, and speak with the risen Lord Jesus. But until the very moment that Jesus revealed himself to her, Mary was in darkness. She was unable to comprehend the heart of God the heart of all creation. She couldn't understand that the heart of all creation could move the stone. Her default, like ours, is one of immovability, of powerlessness, of emptiness, of searching for life in all the wrong places, of hanging on to the wrong ideas, of listening to and investing in the emptiness of the world and not the emptiness of the tomb. When Mary hears Jesus call her name, her heart must have leapt. There may have been moments in our lives when we felt just a fraction of that leap. Like the moment when a child we are responsible for suddenly appears having been lost. Or when someone we love makes it out the other side of a life-threatening illness. Perhaps it's similar evening to the feeling that you get when your car doesn't crash into the oncoming traffic or when your plane touches down after terrible turbulence. But just imagine overwhelming joy, but multiply it by infinity. Imagine the joy of seeing someone that you loved suddenly come back to life. But Jesus doesn't want Mary to hold on to that initial feeling. A feeling that would fade and wane and eventually see her life return to normal. He wants her to understand that his resurrection means much more than a momentary good feeling. He tells her in a rather strange and abrupt way that what she is going to come to understand about his resurrection is almost completely incomprehensible. He says, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. This was going to be a completely new relationship. A relationship 
that Mary and all who were to follow Jesus would share with him and with God the Father. This was the beginning of a new community, the beginning of family, a place of permanent relationship with God and with others in a community like this built upon love. It was going to be a relationship that was no longer based on physical contact with Jesus, but instead a permanent, eternal, familial relationship with him and his father. This is the message that Jesus tells Mary to take to his brothers. This is the first time that he calls him brothers, for they and we are his family. Scripture doesn't document the rest of Mary's life, but we can be pretty sure that her life would have continued on much like ours. She still would have faced the troubles of life. She'd have faced aging. She'd have faced poor health. She would still have had to provide food and shelter for herself and for those she was responsible for. She would experience the loss of loved ones. She would experience ridicule and persecution for her faith. But the resurrected Jesus steps right into the pain, right into the suffering, right into the confusion and chaos of our lives, right now. And he invites us by name to be with him and his father in his kingdom. When we read or hear those words and acknowledge what is a reality that is out of this world, when we grasp the truth of it, when we can testify like Mary testified that we have seen the Lord, how can we do anything other than call out his name in praise. What else can we do? What are you bringing with you this Easter? What are you expecting to feel this Easter day? Are you burdened by either your own or someone else's illness or sadness? Are you weighed down by your own or someone else's poor mental health? Are you struggling financially? Are you fearful and anxious about what the future holds? Are you tired? Is your faith waning? Does God feel distant? Do you wonder if any of it even matters anymore? Do you even know why you're here? Come to the tomb. Come just like Mary did in the midst of a real and challenging life. Come to the tomb and see that it is empty. Come and see that the heart of God is bigger and kinder than anything that you have ever known or will ever know.
come to the empty tomb and know that love is more powerful than death. Come to the empty tomb and know that you do not need to live in fear without hope. Come to the tomb and wait. Wait until you hear Jesus call your name. You will know it's him because you will recognize his voice. Know that the one that calls you is the risen Jesus. Know that he breaks through all the lies that we tell ourselves and that the world tells us. Know that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot and will not overcome it. Know that he is calling you. Know that his invitation is both personal and yet extended to everybody that you know. Know that despite everything that happened before, during, and after that day on that hill in Jerusalem, that God is, always has been, and always will be, love. And when you've got all of that, when your joy is complete and it is bubbling up inside of you, when the truth has moved from your head to your heart, Bring someone else along with you in prayer. Accompany them in your prayers now as they take a look inside the empty tomb. Fall to your knees and praise his name for you have seen the Lord. Praise his name because there is nothing else in the world that matters more or will ever matter more than the ongoing relationship that Jesus calls you into with him and his father now and forevermore. Fall to your knees, for you have seen the Lord. I'm going to take a moment or two just to pray. If you want to kneel, please kneel. Spend a moment or two coming to the tomb in your real and authentic self. Come into that space. And wait for the call.
if you're ready, bring someone else with you in your prayers. Lord Jesus, thank you that you call each and every one of us and everyone that we know and love into a relationship with you. Lord, we ask that by your Holy Spirit, as we go out after this service, after the joy of worship and after the rest of the the things that we're going to experience and receive from you this evening, may we go out and be more like Mary. May we go out and tell others about what we have seen and what we know about Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that the tomb was empty. Thank you, Lord, that you rose from the dead and you did it all for us.